Many times we need to keep our health in check, but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. Hi folks, welcome to Occupy Health. This is Dr. Susan. Here we want to give you advice on how to stay healthy. We want to get this information out there so you can share it with your colleagues, your friends, your doctor, so we can get information out. Uh, Today we're very lucky to have somebody extremely knowledgeable in health. He's an expert in orthomolecular medicine. And, you know, between him and me, we're finding that some of the experts are being censored. And this disturbs me greatly. I mean, First Amendment right is chief in this country, and if they censor information on health, what next? So anyway, here today is Andrew Saul. He's the editor-in-chief of the peer-reviewed Orthomolecular Medicine News Service. He was on the faculty of the State University of New York for nine years and taught nutrition, health science, and cell biology. He studied in Africa and Australia and holds three state certificates in science education and has twice won the New York Empire State Fellowship for teaching. As a list of over 200 of his publications, which are online with links to them at www.dryourself.com publications. He was inducted into the Arthur Molecular Hall of Fame in 2013. He's been named one of the seven natural health pioneers by psychology today. He's the author, co-author, or editor of 25 books, four written with Abram Hoffer. Uh, Andrew Saul is featured in movies, Food Matters, and that vitamin movie, and also the upcoming uh, Something Ain't Right, so be sure to go see that. His free access peer-reviewed website is www.dryourself.com. Welcome, Dr. Saul. It's a pleasure to have you here. Well, Dr. Susan, thank you for that very kind introduction, and I am glad to be here, too, because we have some serious things to talk about. Okay, well, let's get to them. Uh, tell me about what very you... Very well. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I noticed that you've been working with Dr. Chang and doing some important research, and uh, something was getting in the way. Oh, yes. Um, by way of background, <clears throat> Dr. Richard Chang who is a Chinese-American based in Carolina, found himself visiting his family in Shanghai, China, right when the whole coronavirus thing broke and was unable to leave. So while he was there, he made very good use of his time and talked to doctors, hospitals, and government officials to persuade them to treat coronavirus with very high doses of vitamin C. Now, very high doses of vitamin C have a good track record against viral illnesses since the 1940s. And you heard that correctly, the 1940s, when Dr. William J. McCormick of Toronto, Canada, and Dr. Frederick Robert Conner of North Carolina used uh, injectable and oral doses of ascorbate, or vitamin C, to treat polio, pneumonia, hepatitis, influenza, and all manner 
of viral illnesses. Now, this is not known by many, even though Conner and McCormick published in peer-reviewed journals. Well, Dr. Cheng and other orthomolecular or nutritional physicians have learned this and applied it to their patients and seen it work. So Dr. Cheng was able to discuss this with the expert committee of the Shanghai city government. Now, Shanghai is a very big city, so there's a lot of people. And Dr. Chang was able to convince the doctors to use vitamin C, and the Shanghai government actually officially recommended intravenous vitamin C for COVID. When I announced this, Dr. Chang's work and the Shanghai government's decision, when I announced this on the social media in the United States, it was blocked. It was banned. It was decried and condemned as fake news and false information. Now, the funny thing is, when it was called that, no one took the time to contact me or Dr. Chang or the government of Shanghai. They simply panned it and blocked it. So if you post information on this on Facebook, it will be blocked, and you will be thrown out of Facebook for 30 days. You'll be put in Facebook jail. Now, this is very weird because Chang is a licensed specialist physician, He's working with hospitals in Shanghai and also in Wuhan. And he worked directly with uh, Dr. Zhuagong Peng in Wuhan. Dr. Zhuagong Peng is in charge of crisis care medicine in an enormous hospital right in Wuhan, right at ground zero for the coronavirus. And uh, Dr. Cheng worked with Dr. Enkun Mao, who's head of intensive care and crisis care medicine at a major Shanghai hospital. When we reported on Dr. Spang and Dr. Mao, it was blocked. So the public is not learning about this from the social media. I guess it goes without saying that the mainstream media is not promoting this. When's the last time that you heard Dr. Anthony Fauci say, you know, along with the other measures, maybe we should use intravenous vitamin C. (laughs) What we need to understand here is that this is not a therapy that still needs more research. High-dose vitamin C, high-dose vitamin C, 10,000, 25,000, 80,000 milligrams of vitamin C, often given intravenously for people that are seriously ill, has been used for literally 70 years, and other physicians have verified this. Now, what we need to now take a look at is what results are these doctors getting? Well, Dr. Enkrum Mao had approximately 49 patients. He treated all of them with intravenous vitamin C, and they all got better. Dr. Mao said that one was literally at death's door. And they plugged him into intravenous vitamin C and also gave him oral vitamin C, about 50,000 milligrams of C. And that man, who was not many hours from death, recovered completely. In the United States, a physician whose name I may not give because this doctor will lose their license if I do, this uh, board-certified internal medicine specialist in the United States of America, not China, mind you, but the United States, the land of the free and the home of the brave. This physician sent me case reports of 25 patients 
that this doctor treated with 25,000 milligrams of vitamin C intravenously for three days. These were COVID patients, correctly diagnosed, every single one recovered. Now, vitamin D is in Doug is also important, as is selenium and magnesium. Um, we have to understand that none of this is on television. And people say, if it works so well, why isn't it in the news? If it works so well, why doesn't my doctor do it? If it works so well, why doesn't the World Health Organization support it? The World Health Organization actually has actively suppressed it. On Valentine's Day 2020, the World Health Organization representatives met with the big wigs from Amazon, YouTube, Google, and other platforms, and they are working together to specifically block this information. Here's an example. On my own Facebook page, if I post information on treating COVID with vitamin C or preventing COVID with vitamin C, I will be stopped from communicating on Facebook for 30 days instantly. You don't believe it? You go and try it. Go to my website, DrSelf.com, where I have physician protocols. These are treatment plans written by licensed medical doctors, every single one a licensed physician. PowerPoint presentations, dosage suggestions, case histories, scientific references, and I mean a lot of scientific references. All of this is available at DrYourself.com for free download. And my website's been up for 22 years. It's non-commercial. I have no financial connection whatsoever with the vitamin industry or the supplement or health products industry. It is entirely non-commercial website, and it's free access. It is also peer-reviewed. So when you go to DrYourself.com, without even having to scroll down, you'll have the information right there in front of you, including some posters that you can try to share on Facebook. <laughs> One of them is about Dr. Mao. One of them is about Shanghai. And when you put them up, you too will experience the joy of putting in a little time in Facebook jail. Now, this is just plain weird. And it's also very strange that the mainstream media has not picked up on this either. They tried about a year ago, round about April, May 2020. The doctor that I mentioned earlier who had had success treating uh, patients with 25,000 milli uh, 25, milligrams of vitamin C. Remember that? When that doctor went to the local network affiliate TV station, they put the doctor on television. The doctor went to another local affiliate. They put the doctor on television. There was a doctor in Arizona who did the same thing. These doctors were on TV very briefly, and now you can't even find those videos. You can't even find them. I did a video that was put in the New York Post. That's one of the largest newspapers in the United States. My comments were on using vitamin C for COVID, and the Northwell healthcare system in Long Island and New York City was using intravenous vitamin C for COVID patients. It was in the New York Post, which I think is the fourth largest newspaper in the nation. 
end. We even know the name of the pulmonologist who was behind it, Dr. Andrew Weber, God bless him. He was using modest doses of intravenous vitamin C, and he was having good success. You take a look on the Internet. You take a look in the mainstream media. You look at the Washington Post, the New York Times, or any paper of your choice, and you just try to find information on treating COVID with vitamin C. I don't think you will. The New York Post actually deleted my video on the newspaper article online where they were talking about me. (laughs) So this is what we're up against. It's one thing to take a crank who was making wild claims and selling products guaranteed to cure anything. We all know that isn't right. But when we try to silence licensed physicians who are saving lives, when our so-called free press fails to report news that will save lives, something's really, really wrong. And that's why I'm on this radio program with you today. Well, didn't the CEO of YouTube, I've got video of her saying that she's going to censor anything on vitamin C and curcumin because it's not authoritarian, according to who? WHO? Yeah, that's basically it. In fact, uh, United States Senator Chuck Schumer of New York State actually considered recommending or using vitamin C to be criminal. Now, the funny thing about that is that United States Senator from New York State, Chuck Schumer, must know the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, whose (laughs) sister-in-law actually at her website was telling about how she cured COVID because she had it and she used vitamin C. So the um, senator from New York State would like to see the governor's sister-in-law put in jail. I mean, this is getting a little bit strange, but this is the kind of oddness that happens whenever we have the waters are muddied. The air is clouded so much. And a lot of people now, quite frankly, are just plain scared. They're scared because they've been told again and again and again and again, COVID is coming. There's nothing you can do. Get your shot. And if you get your shot, you still have to social distance. You still have to stay home. You still have to wear your mask. And you still have to get more shots. And no one is telling you how to prevent it. Now, the funny thing is, is in 2016, Dr. Anthony Fauci, you ever heard of him? You might have seen him on TV. In 2016, Dr. Anthony Fauci was interviewed by the Washingtonian magazine in Washington, D.C. Washingtonian has been published for over 65 years. It's won several national press awards. It is a reputable magazine. And it interviewed Dr. Fauci, and it asked questions about how you can prevent infectious illness. And Dr. Fauci said, you should take vitamin C. I take 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day, said Dr. Fauci. He said that in 2016. And now in 2020 and 2021, have you ever heard him once? With all the time he's been on TV, have you ever heard him recommend to you that you do 
what he is quietly doing himself and even mentioned in public six years ago. No, I haven't heard that. But what woke me up to this is uh, uh, my film partner, Alex Voss, and myself, we made a movie called The Big Secret, multi-award winning, did well on Amazon Prime, the top 25% in customer engagement. And then there's this guy named Congressman Adam Schiff that thought he, his MD was better than mine, and he had it taken off Amazon Prime with 79 other videos. Now, a lot of those videos mention something very naughty. It's, it starts with V, the V word. And we knew not to mention the V word because we knew that for the last five years, any truthful information on that would be censored. So that's what got me wondering, why are they let Carly B., uh, have all these lewd pornographic things on YouTube that everybody can see, and that's okay. But having world experts talk about health, that's not okay. And I get in these perennial, these constant arguments with next door that this is all, you know, these quack experts are quacks, functional medicine's a quack, alternative medicine's a quack, vitamins. And these are my colleagues that are, you know, so it's almost like, it's like the colleagues are just are going along with this because I do recall, like in what I heard in Germany, it was the neighbors turning in the Jewish people. So it's just the local people are just so anti buying it all that they I, I see them as dangerous. Yes, what we have right now is a controlled information flow. There is a narrative. And doctors that go against that narrative will have their license suspended. And I personally know a number of physicians across the nation, and for that matter, across the world, that have gotten in trouble simply for promoting the idea that vitamin C and other nutrients can help you prevent COVID and in high doses can help cure it. Now, as far as the expert versus quack argument goes, I've been involved in natural healing now since 1976. I'm something of an old timer. And over the years, I have learned, since I'm not a medical doctor, to find medical doctors that cure patients and copy them and tell the public about this. And to this end, I have published the Orthomolecular Medicine News Service for the last 17 years. This is absolutely free by email. And we have, oh, I don't know, almost 300 papers that we've done, peer-reviewed papers, articles, and reviews. All of them are archived at orthomolecular.org, or you can click through at my website, doctorself.com, to the Orthomolecular Medicine News Service, and you can read any one of these articles you like. Our peer review board consists of 55 researchers, academics, and physicians. We have experts from all over the world, and they all say vitamins are a good idea. And I'll bet you never heard about that. So when we have a few doctors on TV, and it's usually only one doctor on TV who's calling the shots, but we have dozens of other doctors around the world who are saying, wait a minute. We need to tell people how to prevent COVID. We need to tell them what they can do. Example, in Cebu, Philippines, about a year ago, 
the government of Cebu was giving free vitamin C to school children. Well, they ran out of money, so they stopped doing that. But they were doing that. And we have other examples where nutrients have been, for a short time, presented as a good idea. But unfortunately, the powers that be are opposed to this. There is a tremendous amount of money involved in the sale and promotion of vaccines. And I don't like to be too cynical, but unfortunately, when there's that kind of money, you just know you're not going to get both sides of the story. Yeah, it's not only vitamin C. Bill Grant, who's an expert in vitamin D, said that people in the FDA told him that they're supposed to shut up about vitamin D and they were promised lucrative jobs in the pharmaceutical companies if they did that. And then there's this Senator Johnson's hearing uh, on uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And what I was told is that as soon as Trump endorsed hydroxychloroquine, uh, a pharmaceutical company starting with G lost billions in their stock value. This could be wrong. I don't know. It could be false news. But then all of a sudden, two false articles about hydroxychloroquine came out. One was in the New England Journal of Medicine and the other was in Lancet, both esteemed journals. And then, but then these were later retracted for having false information. They said, oh, hydroxychloroquine is dangerous, but it's been used for 50 years for malaria and for lupus, etc. There's never any problem with it. And with in preventing, I mean, what it does is it helps as an ionosphore, which means it it helps zinc get into your cells and zinc prevents the reproduction of various viruses. Yet uh, you only need one or two or three pills. So, he's, and then as a doctor from Baylor, um, you know, medical center who said he's held more hearts in his hands and me- many other people. And what these articles are saying is false, and they're just academic fraud. But yet hydroxychloroquine, you couldn't get it. Um, Interestingly enough, a plant blew up, I think, in Taiwan, but that was a coincidence. Uh, Also, I just read in Israel, ivermectin as well as hydroxychloroquine are banned. Doctors can't get it, and if they speak out, they lose their licenses. Um, uh, There are a lot of studies showing that this was successful. Well, I argue with my friends on next door, I'm not sure if they're my friends, they say these aren't controlled studies. Well, who's going to pay for a non-patented study on something that could work? I mean, you know, and these doctors don't have the money to defend themselves or conduct studies. So this is more than just vitamin C that's being censored. And Dr. Rowan, when working ozone, he went to Sierra Leone and treated patients with Ebola. Everyone he treated succeeded, no matter what stage of the disease he was in. He as well as Dr. Robbins and Dr. Brownstein, have had a lot of success. I think altogether 300 patients, and they all survived. One went to the hospital, and I think Dr. Brownstein had one adverse event because he got the patient at a very late stage. Yet they're going after these doctors. This is not making sense to me. Right. We need to appreciate that nutritional medicine is common sense. It just makes sense. To take a person who's at risk for sickness or a person who is sick and make sure their nutritional support is as high as we possibly can. And this is all the nutrients. My students have asked me for decades, what's this vitamin good for? And I'd say everything. 
The fact is we need all of them. We need all of them all the time. And like a good sports team, they work better together. But just to return to vitamin C, because this is where I have a, a little bit more experience, and I will defer to Dr. Bronstein and Dr. Grant on their subjects because they are brilliant men, and I very much admire their work. But I'd like to give you two positive things about vitamin C. The first is that at the end of January 2020, the Orthomaster Medicine News Service released a report where I briefly summarized vitamin C's value in treating viruses, influenza in particular, and I said that we can stop or at least slow the spread of coronavirus by using high dose of vitamin C right away. Now, the media just ripped this to shreds, but something very interesting happened before the censorship kicked in. From mid-January until mid-February 2020, there wasn't any censorship. So we got out ahead of the censors, and you know what happened? Stores ran out of vitamin C around the world. I had reports from everywhere, and I mean every continent you can think of except for Antarctica, where we were finding that the public heard about vitamin C being used in China, intravenous vitamin C, in an intensive care ward, and they made the automatic and correct assumption and deduction that if people that are at risk of dying from COVID, that have advanced pulmonary symptoms, that are in crisis care, if they can be saved by intravenous vitamin C at high doses, then modest doses of oral vitamin C would be a good preventive. So vitamin C sold out around the world for a long time, even from the largest uh, retailers and suppliers. You couldn't get vitamin C uh, for weeks, and in some cases more than that. So that shows that the public is not stupid. The second thing that's kind of neat is early in the game, there was a beautiful thing done by a vitamin C manufacturer. And I'm going to mention this because most people have never heard of Dutch State Mines. It is a company in the Netherlands that happens to be one of the largest vitamin C manufacturers on the planet. They have a plant in Scotland, but most of their plants are in China. Indeed, 90-95% of the world's vitamin C is made in China because in the 1960s, the Chinese came up with a very efficient and inexpensive way of making ascorbic acid that's been licensed around the world. In China, the plants owned by Duck State Mines took pity on the crisis, the terrible problem in Wuhan. And we have an actual picture, which you can find at orthomolecular.org in the archives of the Orthomolecular Medicine News Service. We have an actual photograph, courtesy of Dutch State Mines, of 50 tons of vitamin C being donated to Wuhan. The Dutch State Mines companies in China loaded up two large semi-trailer trucks with 50 tons of vitamin C, put big banners on the side saying our hearts go with the people of Wuhan, and they donated this and trucked it in to the center of the COVID epidemic, right where it had originated in Wuhan. I'm mentioning that because this is the kind of news that I personally would like to see on my television. That's interesting. I've seen that picture of those two large trucks. Now, were these treatments, were they successful in um, China? They were so successful that one of the studies 
in Wuhan uh, was not really properly completed because they couldn't find enough sick people to give them vitamin C. I would like to point out, I'm not giving medical advice, I'm just giving information, but I've interviewed many people on this topic. I've interviewed Dr. Levy, various experts, and what I understand worked is intravenous vitamin C, 20 milligrams per day. I hope we have the units right. But what I'm also told is... No, that would be 20 grams or 20,000 milligrams. My error. Now, what I'm told is that uh, you usually take vitamin C up to bowel tolerance, and your bowels will tell you when they're not tolerating it. But when you're ill, the body needs more vitamin C, and you just take it to bowel tolerance. So what they recommend for those of us who do not, not have access to intravenous vitamin C is to take vitamin C fairly often, like every, I don't know, hour or something, until bowel tolerance, take it orally, and um, that can have uh, an effect to help. Um, it, it basically, you know, vitamin C is water-soluble. It doesn't stay in the body very long, so they recommend taking it frequently up to bowel tolerance if you don't have access to a doctor that can hook you up to an intravenous fluids. Is that correct? That is exactly right. The thing to keep in mind here is that intravenous vitamin C is for people that are already in the hospital, they're already in intensive care, they're already hooked up to tubes, the IVs are running. Why make them sit up and swallow a lot of tablets? And if they're deathly ill, they can't anyway. So intravenous vitamin C is basically a hospital crisis therapy. For the rest of us, people that are home fighting influenza or any other ailment, especially viral ailments, They can take vitamin C orally, and it is only with oral vitamin C that you have bowel tolerance. With intravenous vitamin C, there is no bowel tolerance. Another good reason for hospitalized patients to take it, it's easier for them. But for the rest of us, we take enough C to be symptom-free, whatever the amount might be. Now, this corny little jingle has been coming from me for decades now. And it's a good way to remember it. You take enough vitamin C to feel better, and that will vary depending on who you are, where you are, and what you're dealing with. You're not the same person every day. When people are well, their need for vitamin C is modest. But when people have a virus, when people have influenza, when people have COVID, when people have infectious hepatitis or pneumonia, their need for vitamin C skyrockets. A dry sponge holds more milk. So you take enough C to get the job done. And this is basically why it confuses some folks, because they ask, how much, how much, how much? To answer that, for prevention, I recommend you take what a gorilla would get, which would be between four and 6,000 milligrams a day. For therapy, I would recommend that you use what Dr. Peng and Dr. Mao used, which was 12 to 24,000 milligrams intravenously. Remember that intravenous vitamin C is more effective. So it's roughly 10 times more effective than oral doses, according to Dr. Atsuo Yanagasawa, who's president of the Japanese College of Intravenous Therapy. Oral doses for us, and as you correctly said, Dr. Susan, the dividing the dose is a very important point. It's water-soluble, so if you really want the most bang for your buck, you take the vitamin C as often as humanly possible. 
take enough seed to be symptom-free, and I challenge people who disagree with that to simply try it. I was being interviewed on a TV show many years ago when I was just a young cub, and the man that was interviewing me uh, and I were talking about vitamin C, and I mentioned that one of the things vitamin C is is an antihistamine. And he said, oh, well, I have allergies. Would it help? And I said, well, it wouldn't hurt. You might want to give it a try. So the next time I came on a show, the first thing he did was say, you know, I've been taking 4,000 milligrams a day of vitamin C in divided doses, and I haven't had any allergy. A little more personal note, my wife. <laughs> when I met her, she had allergies. And you know where this story is going without my even finishing it for you. She started taking vitamin C and hasn't had any of that prescription or over-the-counter allergy medication since. So vitamin C can work as an antihistamine, as an antitoxin, as an antipyretic, it lowers fever. It has an antibiotic effect and then it works through your own immune system against bacteria. But most spectacularly, vitamin C is an excellent broad-spectrum antiviral. And contrary to what you've been told, vitamin C does not cause kidney stones. Let's put that puppy to bed right now. Vitamin C increases oxalate production. Yes, it does. But it does not increase it outside the normal range. And vitamin C inhibits the bond between calcium and oxalate that would form a calcium oxalate stone. So according to Dr. Emmanuel Traskin of the University of Alabama Medical School at Birmingham, vitamin C actually blocks the formation of a calcium oxalate stone. So not only does vitamin C not cause the vitamin, a kidney stone, vitamin C actually prevents them. The biggest side effect of vitamin C is failure to take enough of it. So you take enough C to be symptom-free, and I urge everyone not to take my word for this, but to give it a try and see for yourself. That's what Linus Pauling said in this book, and that's what my mentor, Dr. Abram Hoffer, and my other mentor, Dr. Hugh Reardon, said to me, and that's what Dr. Robert Fulton Cathcart said to me, and these were all physicians who had a lot of experience, and what they said to me was, you've got to use enough vitamin C. Don't send a boy to do a man's job. I think there's one caveat. If you've got the, a bad snip for a G6PD or something, then uh, something can go wrong with a lot of IV vitamin C. Could you comment on that? I can. And for that, I'm going to send you directly to the world's <clears throat> um, most knowledgeable and experienced intravenous vitamin C facility which would be the Reardon Clinic, which was founded by my mentor, Dr. Hugh Reardon. Medical director now is Dr. Ron Huntinghockey. The clinic is in Wichita, Kansas, right in the middle of the United States. I describe it as being equally inconvenient from anywhere. But the beauty of this is the Reardon Clinic has put forward a protocol, a detailed protocol with references, on exactly how to use IV vitamin C, and it's a free download in its latest edition, a free download at DrYourself.com. And then there, you will read about G6PD, and uh, you will find that people that have this issue can still receive IV vitamin C 
but they tend to give them a lower dose. So you can still do it. You just don't give quite as much. But they what about oral vitamin C and the G6PD? Is there an issue? Uh, again, it doesn't matter. It matters if a person's getting too much. And the way to do that is to work with your doctor, and that's a sensible thing to do anyway, and to please read the Reardon Protocol. My father said to me years ago, Andrew, when you want to know the full story, consult the organ grinder, not the monkey. So I'm going to send you directly to the Reardon Protocol at DrYourself.com. You download that, and that will give you a proper answer to the question. Another thing that concerns me is there's an April 15th memo from the FTC, and it's saying, I'm not sure how to interpret it, but anybody, it sounds like using, treating, talking about advertising deceptive treatments, sounds like they could be uh, uh, open to some kind of legal action against them. How did you interpret that memo? Well, it's more than a memo. Uh, It's a rule. It's an effect. They shoved it through right before Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. And uh, packed, it, yeah, packed it onto a spending bill way at the bottom of a thousand-page bill where nobody saw it. And what it does is it gives the Federal Trade Commission more power than they usually have. Now, the Federal Trade Commission has always been there to go after fraudulent, mislabeled uh, criminal uh, sales and operations. That's what they should do. That's what we want them to do. But now they can specifically go after people that are recommending selling or treating with vitamins. Now, the way that we have this set up right now is that the FTC is already going after physicians that have been doing this. And these are doctors that unfortunately have told the truth. They have said, this is what I do in my practice. It's working. And some of those doctors are selling vitamin C, and some of them are making claims for vitamin C. You really can't do that. The FDA says if you make a drug claim for a vitamin or a food, it's now a drug and has to be approved as a drug. So that's never been possible, and not all physicians know that. I think most of them are acting in good faith. But the fact of the matter is you do have to be mindful of what you say and do. This is one of the reasons why I do not sell any supplements. And I do not have any clients or patients because I can tell the truth and I can say this and I can write books, give talks, presentations, and interviews. And in order to stop me, they would have to actually... Um, limit my freedom of speech under the First Amendment. But if I were selling a product or if I were treating people with vitamins, then I fall under not only the FTC, but under the FDA and now the Department of Justice. And on top of that, and more seriously, these doctors are at risk of losing their medical license that they've worked for 12 or 14 or 15 or 16 years to get with their specialties, their residences, and all of the other things they've had to do. So it isn't the $10,000 fine that FTC is threatening the doctors with. It's actually the administrative loss of their medical license to practice, taking away their livelihood. 
Does this mean that doctors can't even use treatments that they think are successful if uh, Big Daddy doesn't like it? Yes. So what do patients do? I mean, if I mean, uh, what's the point of being a doctor and going through 16 years of training or more? These horrible, uh, oh, is it 40-hour shifts every three nights? Learning, taking a Hippocratic oath to help people, and we just and have to just follow somebody's rule book. You can have a computer for that. I mean, what's why? Why not use clinical experience? This is draconian. Yeah. And the answer is why I name my website Doctor Yourself and why one of my books is called Fire Your Doctor. Because as Dr. Susan Humphreys has observed, doctors are now technicians that give vaccinations. This is not medicine. This is not why people went to medical school. This is not what they had in mind. This is not what healing is about. Good physicians know that. Good physicians put the patient first. They do everything they can for the good of the patient. And good doctors have always done that and always will. The government and the authorities can take a long walk off a short period. But what bothers me is that those doctors are specifically, individually, and sequentially being attacked. Our government is going after doctors who are saving lives simply because they're saving lives with another method. Um, you know, they've got this magic formula that's supposed to solve all of our problems. Do you think there's any adverse problems with taking the magic immunization gene change therapies? Are there any downsides? I'm sorry, are you referring to the COVID vaccine? Yeah, uh, we can't say the naughty V word, you know that. Oh, okay. Well, your code was so good that you fooled even me. <laughs> so, okay. Well, we can say it on this show. I mean, there, you know, I've interviewed J.B. Hanley, Thomas Cowan, Neil Miller. There's a lot of information on this show about the naughty V word. Okay, very good. Uh, I call it back, B-A-C-K, and then scene like a scene from a play. So... Um, what we have now is experimental therapy, the experiments being done on hundreds of millions of people. First of all, that's a violation of the Nuremberg Code. We fought the Nazis to put an end to that, and now we're copying Hitler. That's a very, very bad policy. It's important that people always have free choice and informed consent. And oddly enough, the vaccine companies know that. And in their product warning sheets, they specifically point out that people should be advised of the details and the dangers, that this is experimental, that it does not stop the transmission, nor does it um, keep you from getting uh, the illness. But the way it's presented on television, of course, and in the media, um, it's the panacea. If you just get that shot, then you can go back to normal and go places like you want to, as long as you keep wearing your mask and social distance. <laughs> and now there's going to be boosters, and there's going to be endless, 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 endless money-making opportunities. Uh, Pfizer has brought in billions, with a B, billions of dollars, and there's more coming. What do we do? 
I tell people this. First of all, I've never advised anyone to get a shot or to not get a shot. That's none of my business. But I tell people, if you're going to get the shot, take a lot of vitamin C, because I think it will mitigate, ameliorate, reduce the side effects. And if you're not going to get the shot, I think you should take a lot of vitamin C, because it will help you to not get sick. (laughs) So whether you get the shot or not, take a lot of C. Some of the side effects from the vaccination sound specifically to me like symptoms of scurvy. The whole circulatory blood clot thing, all all the weird side effects people are having remind me of scurvy. When we looked at this hundreds of years ago, nobody thought it was nutritional. So if a person has more vitamin C, I think they will be more resistant the side effects of the vaccine. I don't think that makes it safe. I don't think it's a good idea, and I don't think it should be forced on people. I also tell people that if your life is going to be ruined unless you get the vaccine, if you're going to lose your job, your livelihood, your children, your chance to move around, your chance to go to the grocery store, get the shot. If you're coerced into it, if you're forced at gunpoint, I don't think it's worth dying over it, but I think you should put it off as long as you can. And that's my policy, and I'm going to stick by that. In addition to that, there is now evidence that people that have already been exposed to COVID or who have had COVID already are immune, and they have broad-based lifetime immunity, and they should not get the shot because the shot complicates their natural immunity and is more likely to cause side effects. And, Dr. Susan, I'm sure you can resonate with this. If not, you can have a chat with my wife, and you and she will agree. Women are even more at risk than men with side effects, especially reproductive and menstrual side effects. And there's all kinds of adverse reports that are coming in on these shots. So there's a whole lot of reasons. There's one um, doctor who's even suggesting that Children should not be near people that have been vaccinated because it can actually affect them. It's all an experiment. Since the experiment is underway, my advice is stay out of it. You stay in the control group. If other people want the shot, okay. But I recommend that you put it off as long as you possibly can. And if that's forever, then you're with me. Why do you think that, you know, they're going after doctors that are susceptibly treating? It's just all about companies making money? (laughs) Well, it would explain a great deal, wouldn't it? (laughs) It's very, very difficult for us to look at our nation that we love and the things that we believe in and doctors whom we respect, and the news media that we trust, especially those of us that grew up in the 50s and the 60s, you could count on the news, you could count on your doctor, and to a fairly large extent, you could count on the muckrating reporters, the, the, the Dan Rathers and the Helen Thomases, who would ask the tough questions at press conferences. We remember when the media asked questions. 
we remember 60 minutes and 48 hours when these news programs went into things and showed you what you are not hearing. And they did undercover work and they did exposés and they had whistleblowers. That's one of the reasons the tobacco industry went down. I was teaching college at this time, and I used to love showing these wonderful programs to my students because it illustrated just how important it was for us to have all the information. Well, now we don't have all the information. Why is that? Where does the mainstream media get its money? From the pharmaceutical industry. Only the United States of America and New Zealand allow direct-to-consumer pharma advertising. That explains a great deal. Follow the money. I didn't originate that statement. But when you consider the number of dollars that goes into the newspaper's bank account, the magazine's bank account, and the TV station's bank account from pharmaceutical advertising, that gets you control. Look in any medical journal. For that matter, look in Reader's Digest. You can even look in Prevention Magazine, and you will see a flood of pharmaceutical ads. Count them. You will be surprised. A peer-reviewed study of advertising in journals showed that the journals that have more drug advertising are more likely to have fewer positive articles about vitamins and nutrition. And the journals that have less pharmaceutical advertising are much more likely to have positive articles about vitamins and nutrition. I guess I'm stating the obvious, but it is obvious. But this does not explain, okay, so that explains New Zealand and uh, the U.S. It does not explain Canada that when they had, uh, I guess some reporters were going to go out and view a a, a protest against just general stuff going on, and you can throw in the result, the, the naughty B word as, as well. Uh, these reporters were harassed as a standoff for 10 hours, and one of them was arrested. Um, that was Rebel News. You can find it on their website. Also, there have been protests for the last year in Europe. I mean, 10,000, I saw one of them. And these are people peacefully demonstrating, and there's one Within the last week, over 10,000 people saying, hey, wait a minute, we don't want to be forced to take any medication you want to force us to do. They were all shut down by the police. They were all peaceful. One of them last summer, a German doctor was arrested before he even spoke. What's going on there? They don't have the advertising uh, lucrative um, you know, issue. Crystal knock. Yeah, I know somebody was rounded up in crystal knock. Yeah. Uh, And for those who are younger, I'd like to mention that that was when the Jews were terrorized, their shops were destroyed, there were fires, that violence in the streets, and this enables governments to use emergency powers. And remember, the states in the United States right now are using emergency powers. The, The vaccine for what I call DIVIC, which is COVID spelled backwards, is an emergency authorization. So we have an emergency authorization with emergency powers of something that's never been properly tested, that's being unleashed on the entire world 
while they are kept away from their churches, their schools, their friends, their travel, their social contacts, while they are told to cover their faces and not hug their own family members. This I look at theologically. And this is where I will reveal my faith, because I think only Satan can pull this off. And quite frankly, I think only God can save us. I agree. It's on a connection with the higher powers, the only thing that can save us. But I'm told that going after the gene, a G gene or something that has people connect to spirituality, and they're going to go after that as well. Isn't that lovely? But, yeah, something's just not right about this picture. The Nuremberg Principle is there cannot be any experimental uh, stuff on us without our full knowledge and consent. But, you know, this emergency thing will be lifted. It's going to be probably approved and saying this is not uh, a experimental thing. And already people are being threatened. If you don't get this when it's not experimental anymore, you lose your job. So... I mean, the Nuremberg Principle protects us against experimental stuff without our consent. But once they say this is wonderful, I don't think it will protect us any longer. That's exactly right. You know, there was a time when I was a boy. There was a time when I was a young man. There was a time when I was even a middle-aged man. When, if I were to force a four-year-old child to cover their face with a mask, and wouldn't let them hug or even play with or even be within six feet of their friends. And I've taught every grade there is. I've taught first grade through postdoc. I've had students from six to 60, literally. If I required my students to cover their face and not touch each other, not play together, not socialize, if I kept them in little plexiglass booths and wouldn't let them interact, if I wouldn't go near them, I would be considered a beast. It now, be we've got one minute beast. left, so would you like to summarize and hit home with any very important points before we sign off? You bet. Come to my Facebook page before it's too late. I am the Mega Vitamin Man. Facebook has already said in writing they're going to take my page down, so take a look before it goes. The Mega Vitamin Man. And get in on the discussion there. I have new posts every day, usually five or ten. I'm also on MeWe. That may be new to you, but it has no advertisements, and I have no financial connection with it. It is free. At MeWe, I am also the Mega Vitamin Man. And go to DocYourself.com, my website, and you don't even have to scroll down the page. All the stuff on the coronavirus is right at the top. Doctors' protocols, free downloads, references, posters, all the resources you need for anyone who will listen. And I hope that person is you. Well, the there you have it, folks. may literally be your own. There you have it, folks. Uh, very interesting information. So do your own research if you can find it. Um, obviously, uh, conventional media will not help us there. So MeWe has information. Uh, I think BitChute has information. Um, the places information. But do your research. Share it with your friends. Share it with your physician. You know, do all this with your physician and his advice. And above all, be well. Thank you for listening. Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to better health for you this week.